Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome listeners to this Mastering Life podcast episode where I, um, I'm honoured and certainly excited to be inviting back Elaine Godley and Elaine's going to talk to us around her Perfect 10 Wellness Programme. So Elaine, a warm welcome back. Thank you very much Paul, an honour to be back with you. Right, okay, so um, in a previous episode, Elaine, episode 60, you, you gave us a brief insight into your life uh, well, it was actually called My Life, My Purpose, where you, um, you know, you shared uh, one or two insights around your background, uh, a great introduction, and particularly around the focus around your purpose. And uh, obviously, you're building on that uh, now with this Perf- Perfect 10 Wellness Programme. So, uh, yeah, it's over to you, Elaine. Okay, so how it started, um, a few years ago, really, I've had um, various uh, family members die of all kinds of illnesses, and um, I had uh, a number of um, challenges throughout my life, um, health-wise. Although I've never actually been ill, I've, I've people can't believe that I've, I've had cancer four times. I, I was born with a serious kidney disease. I've got a bit of spina bifida on my spine. I, I'm, I actually currently have several fractures in my vertebrae and um, my thoracic area, so I'm, I'm walking around with a fractured spine. However, I've never a day's illness it's never stopped me doing anything I've always carried on um, and part of that is because of my resilient uh, type of personality and uh, and stubbornness um, but with all these, <laughs> all these uh, illnesses that uh, kind of sort of followed me around and been within my family varying things from from suicide to um, cancer to diabetes to heart disease all, all kinds of things what what I've noticed throughout all of that is, is the behaviour of, of people um, around me, but also I've noticed the same pattern when I've been working in, as a business consultant for many years, um, troubleshooting, helping teams to develop um, better working practices. And all of these people who have got a, a resilient personality tend to do a lot better than those who are, shall we say, more sort of sensitive souls. Mm. But Latterly, I've been mentoring people through through cancer. I volunteer on a cancer helpline for a charity in the UK. And again, the patterns have been, been coming up. And I've been trying to work out how I can coherently help people in ways that they can identify with without me overwhelming them. So eventually, after, as I say, many, many years, I've come up with this Perfect 10 Wellness Programme and it's my, my brand is Perfect Health, and Perfect Ten is obviously what you get if you do a you know a, a proper uh, Olympic dive or a, you know a perfect strictly dance or something like that. So the Perfect Ten, and the, the ten categories are the things that kept on coming up again and again, and what I've seen throughout my life in in a variety of different areas. So those ten areas are mind, body, work, home, friends, family, values attitude, beliefs, and behavior. So those 10 areas, if they are not in synchronization with one another, if they're not in balance with one another, 
then there will be an issue of some sort somewhere along the line. And um, sure as eggs are eggs, it will be a health condition. So, so, so do we have to approach those those ten, Elaine, in any sequence, or is is it as you say, this kind of you know we need to get the right balance within you know those eggs being in the basket to use your eggs uh, metaphor, but they're not sequential. So, for example, uh, you know you could quite easily focus on you know how your behaviour affects your health first. For example, it doesn't have to be number six or number eight or or whatever in in the pecking order. That's right. I think it's it's well for, for me. Behavior is the thing that runs through everything. So I would I would actually start with behavior because a lot of people don't understand what their own behavioral strengths are, mm. and as a result of that, they're constantly putting themselves in situations that don't serve them. So, for example, people who are highly outgoing, they're doing jobs that you know they're in a room on their own. Well, that's that's really not going to make them happy. People who should be in rooms on their own are put in open plan offices. You know, they did this type of thing. It's not. It's, it's not rocket science. Mm. Um, so, so behaviour leads to certain health challenges. But apart from that one, all the others can be virtually in any order. And also, when when I'm mentoring people through um, towards recovery from cancer, I'm, I'm very outspoken, very direct, and I tend to kind of say everything to everybody. And yeah. I know that not everything I say has been taken on board because not everybody is ready to hear um, messages. You know, when I'm ready to tell them, when they when they when they're approaching me, I'm assuming that they're ready to hear what I've got to say, but they're not necessarily. Mm. So by breaking things down into modules, shall we say, the areas that people need most help in, they can then target themselves and focus on that particular area rather than me kind of splurging out everything and overwhelming them. And then of course they do nothing. So right. the perfect wellness program is, is my is my attempt at helping people to identify. So there's a way at the beginning of the program where they can self-assess, um, a bit like on the life wheel, nothing nothing too onerous, but they can assess where they need to focus more in other areas. Mm. Um, but I, I would always start with behaviour because that is that really is a key. Got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Okay, so in terms of, uh, you know, we've kind of flirted with the, the behavioural aspect and the need for that to be, uh, um, you know, the first one in, um, in the order, so to speak. So, I mean, thereafter, Elaine, do you want to go into a, a bit more detail, either sequentially or, or not, as the case may be, around the other nine? Okay, we're just, just working through, I just happen to have written them down in, in this order, but sometimes I write them down in a different order. So I've, I've put mind at the top. Uh, of my list uh, today so mind I'm not talking here about um, you know going to psychoanalytical stuff in any deep meaningful whatever mm. it's just very simply being present present in the moment and um, knowing what's in your own mind and making sure it is your own mind not somebody else's yeah. because we're conditioned throughout our lives from an early age to go along with whatever other people um, I think we should be doing and then we end up being people pleasers so making sure what's in your mind and particularly when it's concerning your own health and well-being um, for example my, my family think I'm completely crackers with with some of the things that I do <laughs> but they are now becoming more mainstream you know even simple things like you know drinking herbal teas years ago people would have thought you know what the, what the heck's that all about but that is just you know straightforward I wouldn't dream of having a a regular breakfast tea or you know with milk in or, or a 
you know, regular coffee and milk, which is what I used to do years ago. So I'm following my own mind now. I know what I want. I know what I don't want. Mm. So the mind is really important, which then leads on to the next bit, which is inexplicably linked, the body. The body and the mind are, are connected through the conscious and subconscious mind, as you know, well uh, Paul all about that don't you yeah absolutely yeah yeah so the body um, the body will go there there's a saying where the mind goes the body will follow yeah so if you are thinking you are going to be poorly you'll be poorly yeah do you know some people actually expect to have three bouts of flu every year mm. um, I mean I find it quite remarkable uh, people think it's okay to have the flu it's okay to have a cold Oh, it's the time of year. I mean, the justifications that come out are really quite pathetic in some some cases, and it's not necessary. If you want to be ill, you'll be ill. If you want to if you want to have a, a sicky day at work, then you know, think yourself in that mindset, and that's what will happen to you. But it will come back and bite you on the backside because it will turn into a real thing because your mind is going that way, and so therefore your body will follow. Well, you effectively and, Elaine, create a self fulfilling prophecy, don't you? It is, it is. And also with Dr. Google now these days, people will, will kind of talk themselves into all kinds of conditions. So they'll look up symptoms and before you know where you are, you know, they're, they're ordering their coffin. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've talked themselves into certain things. They've got a little niggle here or a niggle there in their body. And then the mind-body connection kind of magnifies everything and um, it all goes, all goes wrong. Yeah. So again, that links back to behaviour because certain behavioural styles will have a tendency to do that, whereas others will go, no, that's not a problem for me, off I go and, and, and that's it. Yeah. So that's, that's the way I've always been. I've always decided what's going to be my outcome. And um, I mean, for example, when I had the news last week that I've got uh, several fractures in my spine, um, I know some people would have literally would have crumpled and, and you know gone into a heap. Um, I've gone completely, well, not completely opposite, but um, I'm obviously being careful. But you know, it's 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 a minor minor thing, you know, as far as I'm concerned. It's just a you know little irritation, and um, I've just got to get on with it. Look at the food I eat, and increase my supplements for bone strength, and and there we go. It, it will be healed in no time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I think when you've got that kind of um, well, that mindset, I know that in many respects kind of oversimplifies it, but it just leaves your mind free then to to concentrate or or just to you know to enjoy life, doesn't it? Rather than creating this. And I speak about myself here in the past, this victimhood. And you know, I've, I've recently done a podcast with with somebody around the six human needs and the need for certainty. And I think there's great certainty, Elaine, in victimhood. There really is. Um, and that love and connection as well. Uh, certainly the connection, oh, well, you know, by me telling you all my troubles and this and that and the other, you know, I've got great connection because most people will feel sorry for me the way I feel sorry for myself. Um, and some people use it as a platform for them to be um, to remain in that mode forever and ever. It's okay to be a victim every now and then, but you don't stay there. You move on from it. You learn from it. You move on. Absolutely. Um, and it's and it's good for us to express our anger, our sadness, our upset. You know, whatever the emotion is, we have to express it. Otherwise, we retain it in our body, and that's that's a, another big factor for 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 the body module in this uh, Perfect Ten Wellness Program. What we retain in our body in terms of emotions can literally um, either save or uh, save our life or, you know, head us down a, a slippery, slippery path. Mm. 
I was um, about, what, two and a half, maybe three years ago now, I was privy to a conversation with a very, very eminent spiritual practitioner, uh, very eminent, and somebody asked, asked the question, do we ever get to a, a time or place where we are sorted? They were the exact words. And the response was, I don't really understand this word sorted, but I think I know what you mean. If you mean, you know, do we ever get to a time or place where there's no challenges and there's no problems in life? The answer is a categoric and then stopped. You tell me what. And this person said, so the answer's no, we never get sorted. And the response is kind of just what you said there. No, we don't get sorted but what we learn to do is catch the problem and I don't I personally don't like that word problem but you know I'm quoting more or less verbatim here so the message was that you know as you've said Elaine you know things happen in life and in some respects embrace it but I always use the example of somebody you know a door-to-door salesman you know they're coming knocking on the door acknowledge that knock on the door but don't let them in and give them a rent book because yes. you know otherwise you know there's all kinds of weird and wonderful things that you know progress from that so uh, i just thought i'd share that because i think it reinforces the uh, the very valid point that you made absolutely and and to pick up on the point you made about um you know sort of going on for years my um, in fact last week i had a, a an epiphany uh, my father died in 1976 when i was 19 and I don't ever remember having a proper grown-up conversation with him because he was ill for about 18 months with cancer before he died. And we nursed him at home. And he lost his, his mind in the end through, through the cancer going to his brain. But I thought I dealt with that sort of thing. Although our family had never, ever spoken about the grieving process. And a friend of mine is a grief ward. She's in training to be a grief counsellor. And last weekend, we were just having a general chit-chat. Nothing sort of heavy, and you know, I'm not in, in counselling or anything like that, but something she said completely set me off in floods of tears, and I realised that I've never actually properly grieved my dad. Mm. So that's and that's 43 years later. So we we, we, we learn to modify our behaviour, we learn to deal with things and manage them, but um, it, life's an ong- it's a journey, isn't it? You know, we keep saying, you know, the journey in life, but it, but it truly is. Yeah, and, and on that sort of note, um, Elaine, I don't know whether this. Uh, well, yeah, I think actually there is some some um, some value in sharing this for for the listeners. That when my grandmother died, um, I held on to that um, for years, and I mean years. And I went into massive victimhood mode. You know, all the injustices of the world, and this and that, and why did it have to be her, and this and. That. And somebody said something to me once and she said, Paul, there's an old saying and it's called bury your dead. And I said, what does that mean? She said, she's been gone a long time now. Grieve, do what you need to do. But when it's over, it's over. And I th- it took a lot for me to kind of get up to that next next level of emotional understanding, um, Elaine but I never I never forgot those words and then when my mother died some years later ironically of cancer um, I remembered those words and she died on the 1st of October and I had a conversation with myself to the effect that right from now until when she's put in the ground is grieving and anything goes but when she's in the ground it's over and that I think is a 
you know, is a, a strategy kind of uh, probably adds a bit of insensitivity to the, uh, you know, the passing of our loved ones. But essentially, that's for, for me, Elaine, what it was. And so, you know, I think we need these mechanisms and, the, and we need to talk to people that share different views and can expand our minds around, well, hang on, just because you've done something always, you know, always done it this way doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's wrong. But be prepared to look at different ways, different ways that will serve you better. And I think that's the key thing, isn't it? It is. And that leads back to the behaviours again. As, as, yeah. as I warned you, behaviour goes through everything that I, that I do and say. Not everybody has the resilience that you and I have. Um, some people, um, I, I know friends who are still grieving many, many years later, um, and they are doing it in their own way. Well, it may serve them, it may not, but it's their choice, and we, we all yes. have choices, don't we? So yes. I think we have to make the right choice for us, as you, as you said. Yeah, and I think on that note, the only sort of caveat I'd put on that is, I suppose, you know, this a kind of semi-apology, offer a semi-apology here for the maybe the perceived insensitivity yet again, but it's, yes, we do have a choice, but if it's not serving you, why why keep enduring the pain? Why? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have to. You really don't have to. Um, yeah, absolutely right. But um, On the um, the next um, headings I've written down, I've written down work and home. So um, they sort of go hand in hand because, um, again, uh, people will be sick to death of me talking about behaviour. But when people behave one way at home and they go to work and behave another way even if they don't actually go to work it's the external mask that people put on so that while they're indoors they're they're one type of behavior when they step outside maybe they go to work they put on a uniform a suit whatever it is mm. some people then behave in a different way now that builds up stresses and strains and again cause it ill health so it's important to have that balance of who you are, wherever you are. So what you see is what you get is what you get, wherever, you know. Absolutely. And, and um, also making sure that the environment is suitable. So if you're living in a home that's completely cluttered, you're not going to have the energy flowing. If you work in an environment that doesn't suit you, like if you're in an open plan and you should be in a small office or vice versa, and um, if the environment doesn't suit you, and that's also going to block your energy and you're not going to be giving of your best. You're not going to be the best best version of yourself every day. So well, we've got two, that's that's another two categories in the Perfect um, Wellness Programme. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Next two, next two are friends and family. It, with a, with a, a sort of a health and wellness perspective, um, I spend a lot of time guiding people who have just been diagnosed with cancer yeah. But I actually spend more time talking to the friends and family of the person than I do to the actual person. Mm. And that's because we all tend to put our fears and worries, anxieties, whatever, and we, we kind of push them out there. But when you're doing that to somebody who's got a very bad diagnosis, um, particularly if it's a shock diagnosis, then what that does is to put the person with the diagnosis under even more extreme pressure mm. because you've got, so say, friends and family who are all putting their tuppence worth it and all telling you you should do this, you should do that. And uh, in some respects, I had this when I had my stage four cancer in 19, uh, no, not 19, two, uh, 2015. Um, I had stage four cancer and I was very determined. I know my own mind and what I you know, planned 
in terms of my recovery. And I was accused of being selfish and, um, you know, ignoring the doctors and all the rest of it. Um, I knew in my mind, I had my plan worked out. But the, the biggest challenge for me was managing friends and family and managing them to manage me kind of thing. So um, I had to actually cut some of them off at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, because the, the, the balance was out of kilter. So I was getting so much pressure from, from some of them that, that wasn't serving me at all and not, not helping me in my recovery. Mm. So friends and family is a big, big aspect of making sure that you're that you're mixing with the right kind of people and if and if they're not then you know think about it why are you going out of your way to to, to people please um, yeah. you know even if it's family I, I have a brother and um, I forget I have a brother um, but um, I've, I've not had anything to do with my brother for years we didn't get on as children we've hardly ever seen each other through our whole lives and um, I, 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 I disassociated I I, I I tell people if he ever comes up in conversation, which is rare, but I say that I, I, I divorced him, and, mm. and that's that's my mental thing in, in my mind. I've, I've, you know, it's just me, and, and that's it now. So yeah. friends and family yeah. need to serve you, um, and I'm not, you know, not in the in the kind kind of a way of you know being a waiter or anything. But if they're not, if they're not on your wavelength, if they're not making you happy and you're making your heart sing, then then really, should, are they should they be in your life? That, that's up that's up to the individual to decide, but. That's a big factor in uh, in wellness or, or hindering wellness, shall we say. Um, there's a well-known um, cliche, Elaine, isn't there, around you can choose your friends but not your family. Now, I, I challenge that because you can choose your family. And you've given, a, for me, a perfect example that actually, you know, me and my brother are not aligned. Um, and so, you know... You know, biologically, yes, there is a connection from the past, but that is it. Um, that is it. I mean, I suppose the, you know, the modern day kind of equivalent is, you know, um, any, you know, a male can father a child, but is he a real father? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and it's the same. Okay, that's taking it to a bit sort of uh, more of an extreme, but it's the same principle. So, you know, I challenge this dramatically about, you know, he or she might, might be tied to you by blood. But that is it. That is a biological, a scientific connection. The the real important stuff is the emotional connection. And, you know, do you, and uh, you know, I like the word, serve each other? Are, are you good for each other? There are Facebook groups now, um, closed Facebook groups I know of, who are there to support estranged family members. Mm. So a friend of mine runs one, which is um, estranged grandparents. So she's never seen her grandchildren. Right. Um, some are, you know, family members like my brother and I. Some are parents and children. There's a whole variety, and it is huge. Mm. It's a, it's an ever increasing, increasing number of people who have decided, for one reason or another, that they don't want to associate with their families. And you know, it's almost like an epidemic that's uh, appearing before our very eyes. Whether that's because we've got social media now, we're more aware of it or not, I don't know. Perhaps it's been going on for years, but. Yeah. Um, I think in days gone by, we used to sort of put up and shut up and just get on with things, didn't we? Very much so. I just, I just had a wry smile there, Elaine, at those two words, social media. I think what I'm going to do in the uh, very near future, I'm going to do an episode just around social media. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Let's just leave it at that for the time being. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, okay. okay, so we've got three left then, Elaine. We've got three left on the... Uh, 
on the uh, the pecking okay. list? What, what are those? Right, I, I, I put these together and they're values, attitudes and beliefs. Excellent. And each of those are, are topics in their own right. Yeah. But they're all, again, they're all interconnected. Like the mind bodies in connected, the work homes are connected, the family friends are connected. So values, attitudes, and beliefs are connected. Mm. So the things that we value are they the same as what our employer values? Are they the same as what our family values? Our attitude are we positive or negative? Are mm. we mixing with people that are positive or negative? And um, what do we believe? Are the beliefs that we live our life by our beliefs? Are they those that have been drilled into us? Yeah. So all of these areas here, values, attitudes, and beliefs, are huge, and they can make a, a significant difference in our lives. So on the program, I go into to each of those in more detail. So I've just given you a, a, a really quick rundown. So mind, body, work, home, friends, family, values, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviour. And all of those need to be in balance for us to live a balanced life. And they're the topics that keep coming up again and again in the thousands of conversations that I've had over the years. Mm. And um, I mean, certainly the the latter three. I mean, I, I, you know, within my work as a mentor, I really do massively dig down on, well, number one, beliefs, because it's so, so, so influential in our everyday being. Uh, I, I kind of make no apologies for for keep referring back to the very first first mastering life podcast around life's mastering life as simple as abc and the a for awareness the b is for beliefs and so yeah invariably lena i love to you know when somebody like yourself comes on and, and starts propounding that b word i love it because i think it's you know probably for me if somebody said right you know you've got one thing you've got one flag to fly out of all these flags you could fly as a mentor you have only allowed one what would it be for me personally it would be as a mentor um it would be beliefs because i know how massively influential that is in as i say in our day-to-day -day lives and and it's a topic as well paul that people very rarely even think about never mind talk about mm. you know how often do, you know, you you meet somebody, you know, in a coffee shop or whatever, and go, well, what are your beliefs? We 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 keep things private. I mean, even even political. Nobody, well, never used to be telling people what they voted for. You know, in terms of politics, mm. uh, which party they voted for, you tell by by the newspapers people read, but you can't even tell that now, can you? Because everybody's on their on their you know their phones and what have we. Yeah. So um, a lot of conversations and around belief never never surfaces mm, so fantastic so okay so for anyone elaine wanting to know more about the perfect 10 wellness program how do they get in touch with you how can they find out more about that tell us tell us for the last couple of minutes if you will elaine around around the program how to get hold of you okay um simply just go to my website www.perfect-health.co.uk that's perfect-health.co.uk. Everything is on there. I'm actually just creating it in um, a weekly um, program at the moment. I'm partway through my um, testing, my beta testing, um, all of these modules. And um, the aim is to put the whole thing online so that people can then just go on and buy whatever they want to buy, the whole program or just, just the modules that they think they need help with. And uh, that will be happening later on this year. But um, and I'm doing a wellness retreat as well at the end of March in the Lake District. And I'll be running through the Perfect 10 
in summary on that uh, weekend wellness retreat very nice very nice indeed okay elaine well thank you very much uh, what i'd like to do is invite is invite you back in back in is it such a word as in back or even invite you back on um on some uh, some future episodes to start to breaking down and, and just focus in on each of these 10 areas and i think it'd be very useful uh to start with how your behavior affects your health so uh yeah if you're up for that elaine i'd like to invite you back and we can start digging down in each of these 10 areas yeah absolutely we'd be love to do that paul thank you Excellent. So there you have it, listeners. That was um, that was Elaine Godley sharing her valuable experience and insights with us. So once again, thanks to Elaine for that. And most of all, thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Hope it's been of value. And until the next time, keep mastering life. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.